This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. BFM 89.9, the business station. Welcome to Tech Talk this morning. My name is Rich Bradbury. We're going to be having uh, an interesting chat today. Um, Have you ever wondered why some companies get hacked and others don't? Why might a hacker choose to attack your company or your business over another? And how would they do that? What methods would they use to gain access? Um, I'm going to be having a chat with a former white hat hacker who um, hopefully will be detailing the hows and the whys of modern day cyber security attacks. On the phone with me, I have CF. Uh, welcome to the show, CF. How are you? Thank you, Richard. I'm doing fine. How are you doing? Very well, thank you very much. It, it's not every day I manage to sit down with a white hat hacker and have this kind of chat. Um, so um, I, I think very briefly, could you just kind of explain to me how uh, and, and why you got into white hat hacking? Well, I have been hacking since I think I was 12, uh, many, many years ago. Um, security has always been a fascinating subject for me. So when I came back from studies, I came back from Australia back in the 90s. Um, so that was the time during the dot-com days. And that was a golden era for, for the hackers, for, for people like us uh, who are, you know, who study security, to learn about security. And there are many ways for us to... Um, to explore different uh, businesses and different websites, and and this that was the time during the time that we have seen a lot of opportunity opportunities for for us to explore, and then you know along the along the ways I have learned various ways to identify weaknesses and then notify the organizations, and then then. Uh, you know, after many years, then we have set up our own, my own company. And now, currently, we are one of the largest uh, white hat hacking firm in the country. Mm-hmm. So, from you know uh, what I understand, you know, a white hat hacker generally will will find um, exploits and then inform uh, the company of the, the, the kind of weaknesses within their company. Whereas, you know, black hat, hat to, uh, hackers will, will do quite the opposite and, and use those weaknesses to exploit the company. Is that about correct? You're yes. abs- yeah, you're absolutely right. So, okay. um, yeah. Now. Um, could you define for us then, and this is for you know SMEs and, and retail consumers and people like you, well, well people like me, I guess, uh, not so much you. Could you define for us what a cyber attack is and, and provide us with some, I don't know, basic forms of cyber attacks? Well, cyber attacks today are very different than what we have seen back, like, back in like 10, 20 years ago. Um, you know, back then, people who are doing white hacking works are required to know a lot of things like we need to know programming, we need to know all aspects of network, and it is not easy to to do hacking back then. Yeah. Now, what makes things dangerous nowadays is that you know a lot of the tools, a lot of the resources are widely available. Now, if you go to YouTube, if you go to any any websites, if you search to search keywords like how to hack, you will get plenty of resources and and lessons to teach you how to do hacking, and that makes it very dangerous because anyone will have access to these kind of tools and resources. Mm-hmm. And today, and there's a lot of things have changed. Like one of the things is the accessibility of these tools and resources. The second thing is the nature of attacks are also very different. Back then, you know, like if we talk about cyber attacks like 10, 15 years ago, we are more likely targeting valuable customers. I mean, hackers yeah. are more likely t- targeting high-value customers. So this is where the, this is a place where they can extort, uh, potentially they can extort money out of the hackers, uh, out mm-hmm. of the, uh, the victims. Now today, 
there's one thing I would like to share with everyone, which is very important, which is that hackers nowadays, they don't care who we are anymore. Whether, regardless whether we are SME, we are small, small, medium enterprises, or we are large enterprises, it doesn't matter. Because hackers are using automated attacks mostly nowadays. And automated attacks are mainly based on software um, that is pre-programmed. You know, they are pre-programmed by the hackers and then they just run it 24 by 7. And to the to the software, it doesn't matter whether we are um, a large organization or whether we are a bank or we are housewives or, you know, mm. um, the hack the, the software will just keep continue, continue keep trying to attack uh, our, our websites, our routers, anything that we have online. Mm-hmm. So the nature of cyber attacks have changed drastically uh, over the years. Now, it sounds like a simple question, but I'm guessing it has a complicated answer is, you know, why do they happen? Why do they do this? What are the intentions and, I guess, motives of a hacker? I mean, we hear about it being money most of the time, but more often than not, it might not be money, correct? Well, in general, I would say the in a major um, population of hackers today are mainly driven by financial objectives. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are, however, they are also state-sponsored hackers who work for uh, countries, who work at uh, different levels. Uh, and we have also come across, you know, uh, criminal uh, syndicates who operate in a very organized way. Uh, they are also uh, employing hackers, you know, to infiltrate into organizations. In our course of work, we also bump into this kind of, uh, you know, criminal elements. But yeah. I would say majority of the hackers nowadays, what we have seen today are mainly driven by financial objectives. Uh, financial financial gain mm. is always the ultimate objectives. Now, you briefly mentioned it earlier on about you know the tools that are available. And so how do they happen? You know, what methods might a hacker employ? Uh, what tools specifically might they use? Well, a lot of these tools are also used by used by um, administrators and are used by for valid reasons. For example, there are many tools that used to scan a network to detect if there's any open pores or any uh, open loopholes within the network. Now, these are the tools that are also used by the good guys. You know, mm-hmm. that they may not be necessary. They love like your network to, admins and things. Exactly, that can, right. can be used by the good guys. It's just that the way how you manage the findings that differentiate whether you are the good guys or the bad guys mm-hmm. once you have identified certain weaknesses in the in the network or in the systems. So um, tools are widely available and there are many tutorials, uh, many lessons now is widely available on the internet. You can even enroll to a course to learn about hacking. Mm-hmm. And universities today have also opened up classes, um, you know, uh, as, as a, even in a degree program, you get to learn about how to do penetration testing, how to do hacking, and how to do computer crime investigation and digital forensics. So things yeah. have changed a lot. Um, you know, with the ease of accessibility to all, to all this information, that also makes it uh, kind of challenging for us as a defender and also for um, for business owners. Uh, they also need to stay alert and be more aware about, uh, you know, the, the cybersecurity of their business. Mm. I mean, let's focus a little bit there on, on, on these kind of, you know, smaller businesses. How are these particular targets determined? You know, why do they pick um, the, the companies that they do, I guess? I think today, like I said before, the hackers don't really distinguish the, uh, whether it's a large businesses or smaller businesses. Mm-hmm. The only thing to the hackers today is if you have an email address or if your office has an IP address, you know, or if you have a website, to the hackers, these are the entry points. Now, normally we get to see some of the... Um, you know, you know, in Malaysia, it's also quite interesting because in Malaysia, we do not have a law that mandates disclosure of uh, cyber attacks, meaning right. that 
if an organization got hacked and uh, there's no legal obligations for them to disclose this to the to the media or disclose it to a third party, unless the organization is, is governed under any uh, some kind of regulate regulations. Like for instance, in Malaysia, there are um, uh, regulated industries like the financial industries, mm-hmm. the telecommunication industries. These two are regulated, and if they are under cyber attack, they are obligated to report back to regulators. But other than that. If you look at the SMEs, if you look at the uh, other sectors like manufacturing, healthcare, there's no regulations, meaning that if this industry got attacked, probably we have no idea as well. Probably wow. we wouldn't know because they, they are not obligated to report to. Um, and for SMEs, basically the SMEs are all at the more disadvantaged side because if you mm. do a comparison, right, larger organizations who are willing to, who are capable to spend on cybersecurity defense, they will spend. And and for SMEs, right, for any smaller enterprises, probably they have not been having any uh, allocations for cybersecurity. And once mm-hmm. they got hit, the impact will be much far more greater compared with the larger organizations. Now, the, the, the fact is that to the hackers, there are no difference than the larger organizations. They're still susceptible to the same kind of attack. They're still susceptible to the, the you know, same kind of, uh, the, um, uh, they, they are still susceptible to the same kind of uh, risk exposure. Mm. So I think the SME now is really at a disadvantaged side right now. Now, um, speaking with you, and I want to speak to you about, you know, experience. Um, what makes companies and, and individuals uh, more susceptible to being hacked? And why do you think? Well, I mean, if you have any um, online exposure, you know, whether or not you are doing business online, uh, as long as you have email address um, used by organizations, you have digitalized part of your business. Like, for instance, you're using um, Office to uh, Microsoft, uh, you're using Office software to keep track of your payrolls, your, mm-hmm. your, um, your, your businesses like invoices and all that. So you are susceptible to, to cyber attacks. And, and most commonly today, what we have seen, uh, the hackers are using emails as one of their attack vector to mm. infiltrate into organizations by just sending blasting out emails and and without a careful uh, you know without careful inspection we can easily hackers can easily infiltrate into an organization by just sending phishing email and tricks phishing on email click, yeah. click on an email yeah yeah, yeah. And, and do you think that makes because of the pandemic of course and, and remote working do you think that invites more cyber attack opportunities oh yes definitely we have seen an increase uh increased rates of the cyber attack cases uh, since since we have started the MCO. Um, we have seen many more uh, ransomware attacks, um, cyber extortion, uh, cyber attacks uh, to, to the SME uh, ever since the MCO has started. Mm-hmm. Folks, I'm on the phone with uh, C.F. Fung. He is a former white hack hacker. And we're talking about have you ever wondered why some companies get hacked and others don't? And why might a hacker choose to attack your company over another? And how would they do it, uh, including the methods that they use to gain access? We're going to talk. Uh, we're going to take a short break now here on Tech Talk. When we come back, we'll be looking at some of the steps an organization can take to prevent these cyber attacks, moving into things like corporate enterprises and things, and whether or not uh, Malaysia is uh, more vulnerable than anywhere else. We'll get back to those questions in just a few minutes here on Tech Talk on BFM 89.9. Bulldozing fine measures. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.
BFM 89.9, The Business Station. This is Tech Talk. I'm Rich Bradbury. I'm on the phone with uh, CF. He is a former white hat hacker. Um, he's helping uh, to detail to me the hows and the whys of modern day uh, cyber security attacks, uh, explaining why some companies get hacked more than others or why they might get hacked more than others. Some of the tools that perhaps uh, these uh, hackers might use to gain access into uh, your company. Um, before the break, CF, we were talking a little bit about mainly SME and retail companies and personal things. But, you know, like you said, um, hackers really don't care whether you're an SME or you're a corporate mm-hmm. enterprise or, or, or whatever you are. Um, yes. But if we are talking about, you know, bigger enterprises, for example, corporate enterprises, mm-hmm. what do you think the step should be for an organization um, that they should take to prevent uh, cyber attacks? Where should they be investing? Should they be buying extra software? Should they be you know, hiring people like former white hat hackers, for example? What should they be doing? Well, for larger organizations, I mean, I'm, I'm also it also applies to uh, smaller organizations. I think the most important thing is the management has to be aware about the importance of cybersecurity because cybersecurity today is no longer an IT issue. It is a business issue mm-hmm. because anyone, if they can use cyber attack to disrupt your business, I mean, there goes your business, right? Yeah. So cybersecurity is no longer an IT issue. We have to recognize the fact that uh, it is not an IT issue. It is a business issue. It is, it is a business disruptor and uh, we need to pay special attention to it. Now, for larger organizations, I would say the fundament- fundamentally, the management need to uh, have the awareness, right? And then uh, mm. fundamentally, you need to have the prevention uh, controls in place, preventive control in place, detective control in place. Now, what are preventive controls? Like um, very simple, uh, simply say, uh, I mean, we can look at things like firewalls. You know, you use firewall to block out unwanted traffics. Uh, you can use um, intrusion prevention system to detect unwanted traffic to trying to attempt to uh, gain access into your network. And from deploying products to deploying processes you know uh, many of there's many um, many uh, works need to be orchestrated together other mm-hmm. than just buying products we need to also stay stay alert we need to know uh, there are some good practices that we need to apply for instance uh, we need to set up policies to let everyone know that uh, we should not visit pornographic website for example mm-hmm. right although it sounds common sense now we should not be visiting any pirated software uh, website that hosting any pirated software mm-hmm. uh, yet another another simple thing that is also common sense but uh, unfortunately many organizations whether it's larger organizations small organizations we often look overlook I know the importance of uh, policies and procedures yeah uh, and then eventually is the education it, education is basically is to bring everyone to the level that everyone who will be alert you know to know what to do and what not to do uh, as most of the attacks we see today are mainly oriented based uh, on emails mm-hmm. on phishing emails mm-hmm. right so if we have a well aware uh, staff who knows how to deal with this kind of phishing email then I would say I would say you can basically bring up your organization security by more than 90 yeah. percent wow um, okay um, I would ask you um, if I was to ask you uh, top five most important cyber security practices for any organization or, or an enterprise I know it's putting you on the spot um, <laughs> but do you, do you think you'd be able to do that the top five things definitely yes yes like I said the, the first thing I would say is management uh, awareness everything will work only if the management has the buy-in mm-hmm. buy-in as, as in understanding the concept of cybersecurity is a business issue and then following by that alright we look at the technical aspect of cybersecurity we look at what are the 
technical controls we can we can put in in place put in place mm. to help mm. to mitigate attacks like you know like I mentioned firewalls intrusion prevention systems mm. and then we'll be start looking at processes our company's policies procedures what shall we do and what we shall not do and then uh, continuous education and um, we also need to look at today we're also looking at a new topic a new topic called the uh, uh, um, third party supply chain chain risk now what is a third party supply chain risk a third party supply chain risk is that it is not no longer enough to know how secure we are we also need to know how secure is our supplier because from for many cases that we have witnessed over the last several years we also noticed that hackers today they are no longer if they wanted to attack an organization specifically they do not just attack the organization they will attack their supplier and then through the supplier's trust with the particular organization they will infiltrate the organizations through their suppliers so, so today it's kind of like a hacker by proxy Yes, yes. Uh-huh. That's why today, nowadays, one of the hottest topics that is currently being discussed in the industry is about supply chain security. Meaning that we no longer just need to, we no longer, it's, it's no longer sufficient for us to look at our own security. We need to look at our supply security so that we know whether we should be fully trusting our suppliers or we should have some kind of mitigation, some kind of uh, preventive measures in place then fully trusting our suppliers. Mm. And uh, this is very true for, for financial institutions because financial institutions have opened up gateways for their suppliers, for, for fintech op- operators, for, for their, um, their vendors to connect into the organizations. And with this supply chain security in, in the question, so now you know, all of us have to ask, are we trusting too much, giving too much trust to our supplier? And whether or not is there a way we can find out that how secure is our supplier? Now, this is one of the biggest questions that we uh, business owners should be asking today. Very interesting uh, and a little scary. Uh, okay, <laughs> I've got two very uh, two last questions for you. Um, how vulnerable is Malaysia's private and public sector in, in the uh, cybersecurity space? And how do we compare to other countries in the region uh, and indeed globally? I think we are no different than any other countries. We constantly receive attacks from all over the world. Um, I would say one of one of the things that we we should I think we shall be aware is that in Malaysia there are still a lot of uh, hackers who are working for the criminals, mm-hmm. and we have come across many cases like that. I mean, we always thought always thought that the you know the hackers are coming from overseas. We have hackers from the China from China from North Korea, but we do have do not have to look so far away because in Malaysia alone we have come across in our course of uh, doing computer crime investigations we have come we have came across so many. Um, uh, hackers who trace back to the trace back to Malaysia as an origin. Mm. So in Malaysia, we have a lot of hackers. Uh, I think we are. Is we are it still a very active vulnerable. community then? Sorry to interrupt. Is yeah, it a very active uh, we, community? Yes, indeed. We have uh, we have quite a f- several communities here who are quite active, um, and and r- seriously, we really need to um, we need to recognize the fact that uh, many of these hackers. Um, their their goals to drive to drive them to hack are mainly for financial purposes, right? So um, in today's cyber world, it is very different than where we came from. Uh, our old school cyber world is no, mm-hmm. is is absolutely different. Right? Hackers it, today they don't hack for fun; they hack for profit. It, it's not the the guys that you know we see in these TV movies where they're sat in a dark room with their hoods up and sunglasses no. on, staring at a green screen anymore. 
No, no, no. They they are very organized. We have, uh, like I said before, we have uh, came across well, through our investigation of cybercrime. We have traced back to organizations who are well organized. You know, they you know they work in proper offices. Um, it is very different than what we have in mm. in our mind. You know what we have seen from the movies. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I suppose the final question then is. Um which is safer for an organization to host their applications and data? Is it safer to host it privately or, or in the public cloud? Well, this is a very tough question to answer uh, because there's no absolute way to be certain uh, <laughs> because either you host it on a public and private cloud and both also have their own challenges. But I, I would say for SMEs, uh, small smaller enterprises, um, if, you know, if you do not have any insufficient resources to manage it in-house, then it's better just move it to the public cloud. Mm-hmm. Uh, that will help you to save costs in terms of maintenance and long-term uh, administrations. Mm-hmm. Does that differ for corporate enterprises? Well, for larger enterprises, uh, depends. Because if you have good resources, good people in place, and uh, if you would rather to keep some of your information private to yourself and you wouldn't want to have uh, any kind of exposure, then you, you should hold it, host it privately. Mm-hmm. But I think the overall trend today in the world is moving towards the public cloud infrastructure, mainly because the advantage is outweighing the disadvantage compared with the private uh, hosting. CF, uh, thank you so much for uh, sharing your time with me today. Thank you, Rich. Good to be here. Folks, I've been on the phone with CF Fung. He is a former white hat hacker. We've been discussing, uh, have you ever wondered why some companies get hacked and others don't? Why might a hacker choose to attack your company over one or another? How would they do it and what methods would they use to gain access? If you did miss any part of the show, I highly recommend you download the podcast. It's available uh, via bfm.my or you can listen via the BFM app, which is available at the Apple App Store or Google Play. My name is Rich Bradbury on Tech Talk for BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.